when I sort of got to where I was really feeling like this TV schedule, as great as it's been, my priorities now are freedom in my mm -hmm. own schedule, to be in charge of what I'm doing, and to do the stuff that I was wanting to do for so long that I just couldn't because you can't have two full-time jobs and a family and, you know, all the other, and, and a podcast and a book and all the, mm -hmm. so I just kind of said, now's the time. Welcome to season two of the Inspire podcast presented by Atrium Health. This is a podcast series for Panthers fans where we highlight admirable women from across the Carolinas as they share stories and lessons from their lives and careers. And my guest today is an absolute powerhouse. Paige Failing is a leadership and communications coach. She's an author. She's a podcast host. You may know her from any one of those endeavors, or you may know her from her years as a television host and news anchor of Good Day Charlotte. Or you may know her from her incredible Instagram page, which is, for my money, one of the most joyful places on the internet. Paige, I, and I mean that. It puts me in a good mood anytime I see you or your husband Jake's um, IG posts. What a lovely thing to say. Well, thank it is you. the truth. And thank you so much for being here. This is so exciting. Thank you for having me. I know I'm pumped to be here. Speaking of Instagram, this is neither here nor there. We're going to dive into to everything life and work in just a second. But I do have to ask you, I mean, I, you were just with one Katy Perry oh. <laughs> recently in Las Vegas. I mean, like, did you just get off the plane from Vegas to, to here? Basically. Okay. From what I remember. I, mean, I need listen, the details. It goes quickly, right? Vegas, <laughs> right? First of all, Vegas is a lot farther than I remembered it being when I was flying by myself than when I was flying with my kid yeah. <laughs> and keeping her entertained for the four and a half hour. Thankfully, she's nine now, so she can, like, lock into a screen mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. But, yeah, we, that was with my best friend from college. She's she works in entertainment and has these amazing hookups. And she texted me a couple months ago and she said, hey, um, if I could get the girls to VIP Katy Perry in Vegas, would you want to take the, the girls on a trip to, to Vegas at, at the end of the school year? And I was like, yeah, we uh, let me think about yeah. I'm not sure. Right. You know, mm. I just quit my job. Let's go. for yeah. <laughs> It was literally like I was like, my schedule just freed up a lot. I can do that. And it was the most fun. We had daughters. Three months apart. Wow. My, June is my third. Maddie is her first and only. And she was pregnant. on a. We were on vacation together. And I literally said to Jake, if we're going to have babies at the same time, I need to get pregnant like today. Because <laughs> she told me she was pregnant. So I did. And we just kept our fingers crossed the whole time that my, la my third would be a girl or that they would be the same sex, whatever she had. She had her first, and I was just like, I wanted a girl anyway because we had two boys. And then I had a girl, so we forced them to be best friends. Every year we take a trip, and this year, that was it. I love it. As, as the kids would say, you understood the assignment, Ooh, right? right? Yeah, I mean, really. You were like, all right, this is, this is how it's going to be. My best friend is having a little girl. We got to do this right now. It's and happening. How amazing that it's worked out to what you had envisioned. I know. I know. I'm just in, in that phase of life. My my friends are, I'm a new mom. My friends are starting to have kids. And we just did a group trip last weekend. <gasps> two. Um, with two little, so there were 10, why am I telling this? This is this is not the part of the podcast. That we should, no, we're here it's to talk a, about you. When you interview you, an but, interviewer, oh, I always do this. I, know, I always end up asking I love questions because I want to know about you too. So well, I'll try not to do that. Well, Sorry. no, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm sure no one listening is like, we don't care what trip you took last weekend. Let's get to Paige's stories. <laughs> But that is one thing that I do want to talk to you about is is being a mom. And you just look like you have so much fun with your oh. kids all the time. And as I enter that phase of life, that is what I, I hope to be. So I, I would love to start there. That's not where I was planning on starting. What is it like being the cool mom? And how do I do it? Oh, I don't know. Let me find one so I can ask her. <laughs> You guys are always look like you're having so much fun as a family. Listen, we I will I will tell you the truth. We do have a ton of fun as a family. 
And it's not all fun. I mean, <laughs> of course, oh, you know, right. like I'm not going to post on Instagram the stuff that's that sure. sucks because sure. who wants to see that? And I don't mean that in like a, I'm going to be dishonest on Instagram kind of way. But I would say Jake and I trash our kids on Instagram as much as we <laughs> as much as we you know do the whole like oh they're here and aren't they fun and it's this and that. and then when I say trash I mean we tease them we joke about them we you know it's not. It is a lot of work to be a parent. When the first, when I, I just referenced to, and I'm sure we'll get into it more, but I had a big career transition yes. this past fall. I left a 17-year TV career to start my own business. And everyone says, oh, and you know what? You're good, good call because you're never going to get this time back with your kids. So I can see why you would do it. And I'm like, I did not <laughs> change my career <laughs> to have more time with my kids. I have plenty of time with those knuckleheads. <laughs> I enjoy them when we're together for the most part. But it's not, you know, it's not all roses. Of it course. Is, so much of it is, we spent the last, Kristen, well, how old are oldest? 13. I have spent until like last week, so 12 and a half years, teaching him to close the dishwasher after he empties <laughs> it. Like it, ta- you know what I mean? It yeah. takes that long. And now I'm like, he does chores, but it took, it takes 12 years to teach someone to close a dishwasher. That's <laughs> the perfect way to describe parenting. I mean, it's, but it, but it is, I will say being married to the right person too, to make that kind of stuff fun. Jake yeah. is really good at just making things into a humorous kind of have fun with it sort of thing that otherwise could suck. So that I think is key. Cause we do try to make stuff fun that I'd, like if we're, if we're cleaning the house, I'll turn music on and yeah. we'll dance too. By the way, that doesn't mean the kids think it's fun. It just means we <laughs> we have more fun doing it. I think that may, maybe that's part of the I, game. I like that right? though. I like knowing that though. You know, which is that it's sometimes it's for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids just roll with it. I always joke that we give our kids good figure it out skills. Mm-hmm. I'm a disaster in terms of keeping track of details. That's why I was I was good on air. I was not good as a producer. I started off wanting to be a producer, and I quickly realized no, no, I need someone to do the details of everything because I will miss them. I suck at them. And we dropped our 11, whatever he was, 11 or 12. See, I can't even, I don't even remember their ages. It's okay. <laughs> at school one time last year and he started walking in and Jake goes, hey, do you have your, um, oh, I'm sorry, the teacher said, does he have a syllabus? Because it was like an orientation day. And Cal looked at Jake and Jake was like, mm. and he looked back at him and Cal goes, it's fine, go, I'll figure it out. And he told oh. me when he got home, he goes, I feel so bad. We sent Cal, he's supposed to have a syllabus. We know it's his first day of middle school, so he's switching classes for the first time. And I said, you know what? We give them good fit. Like, our kids are all, they, they're used to this enough that they figure it out. I've never once packed him a bag, packed him a suitcase. Not because, again, I would love to tell you, Kristen, it's because I have this grand parenting scheme of I do this to create independence in my children. It's because I don't want to pack a second suitcase other than my own. Yeah. So I tell them, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we'll need. And by the way, if we get there and you didn't pack underpants, everywhere has a target. Yeah. Okay. I'm writing all of this down. I just, I love that approach so much. Um, And I, I love what you said about teaching them independence, whether it's directly or indirectly. Right. But what a cool thing for Cal to have where he walks in on, you know, a day that a lot of kids are probably nervous. And he's like, just go on, mom. I'll figure it out. I love that. That I is know. so cool. Yeah. And and like I said, it just seems like you guys just really enjoy being around each other. And I think that's what we all, you know, as a, a new mom, of course, I was planning to start with your career change. But now I'm like, <laughs> no, tell me everything. Ever, I always say um, with with these guests, I use it very selfishly. I get to do this podcast to ask questions that, that I want to ask. And hopefully it resonates with, with everyone else. So I appreciate you giving me that little that little tutorial right there <laughs> as I start to, to navigate this world of parenting. Um, but I did want to start with this big career change because it was in September of of last year, I believe, that yep. you am I am I right on my You're timing? Dead on. That you made this huge career change and decided to leave TV news, as you said, after 17 years. So, 
first of all, what has this last year been like for you? Oh, it has been, so what, what's that? Let's do October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, whatever this is going to air. Yeah, so eight months, which is crazy even yeah. to me that it's been that long. Yeah. Um, it's been wonderful. It has been wonderful, and it has been really gut-checking. It has been so freeing for me. I love to be in charge of my own schedule. Mm -hmm. And for so long, I always told people, you know, people coming up through college or wanting to, interns or whatever would always ask about TV. And I would always be very honest with people and say, TV is a career that does not love you back. And That's what I'm a great way to put it, right? What I mean by that is it is the schedule is just pretty grueling no matter what you do. If you if you host a morning and I'm talking kind of local news here or, or news in general, although God, sports is even harder because you're it's weekends, nights, all it's all over. I, the I place. certainly don't think it's even harder, but I am resonating with what you are saying where my wake up time on ESPN, at ESPN as an in production was 3 a.m. I me, I can't even imagine what yours was. One fifty seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 157. 157. And by the way, I woke up at 157 to then go to a station and get to talk with my best friends about what was going on in the world yeah. for four and a half hours. Yeah. Like, I had so much fun with that job hosting a morning show for almost 10 years. I couldn't believe I got paid to do it. But yeah, there were many times when I would look at Jake and go, I don't know how much longer I can do this yeah. schedule. I don't know how much longer I can wake up. I was always tired. I was always either tired or asleep. Like my kids would put me to bed or I would nap in the day. And then, you know, it's like, you know, this with a six months old, I'm sure you get to where you kind of go, okay, we figured that part out. And as soon as you feel like you figured it out, the kid does something and everything changes and you go, oh, we're back to square one. Right. So I figured out one sleep schedule and then I was pregnant with the second baby. And then we had the second baby. And then, uh, then my schedule switched from being a day side to hosting a, a daytime show to going on the mornings to where I'm waking up in the middle of the night and pumping on my way, driving into work, and just these crazy things that felt, it was just a lot. It, it's a lot no matter, no matter what you do, no matter when you're doing it, it's a lot. What kept you going through those things? Because as I said, as a, a new first-time mom, it is hard enough, and as someone who has worked in TV or sports broadcasting for the last 10, 11 years, I can't imagine having those schedules and having a second one so close to my first what was it that made it worth it? Was it the people that you worked with and, and when you actually got to be on air and talk about those things? Yes, and it was the, I mean, I just love people. Mm -hmm. It was the connection with the people. You know, like I said, when I was there, it was so much fun. And I am very much wired to get the stuff done first and then relax. So a morning, I'm the same way. Right? Yes. I don't know how people anger evening newscasts for two reasons. A, because I can't stay up late. I'm not a night owl. I, my brain turns off at like 8 p.m., but also, you have work hanging over your head that whole time. You know I what I mean? I feel exactly the same way. The only thing I've found that I don't feel that way about is a night game, mm. specifically for the Panthers or when I was covering college football, where the anticipation is so it's much fun. fun. Yes. Yeah. But I know exactly what you are talking about. You know what I mean? It's about. like I yes. have to work out first thing in the morning. Yes. Or I won't get it done because I have to Are just, we the same I know. person? <laughs> You're speaking you know? exactly my language. Like, this is exactly things that I would say. Do you know my first name is Kristen? Spelled the same way as yours, too. Oh, my God. We are the same person. <laughs> you want to Do you know my middle name is Paige? Shut spelled up. the same way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I wish. Could be, though. Yeah, could be. You <laughs> yeah. never know. Um, anyway, back to your original question. So... It, it worked. Listen, for as long as it did, it worked. It was great. But I had actually always thought that I was going to do what I'm doing now before I fell into TV. Wow. My grandmother was a trainer, my mom, my uncle. I grew up from the age of 12 going to class with them, sitting in the back of their classes, and then gradually helping them teach through all my high school years, college, when I would come back. And it was everything what they used to call soft skills. 
I now call power power skills in the world of HR. So it's anything interpersonal. Dealing so, with such a better name, power know, right? skills than soft than skills. skills. Yes, I know. Yeah, that's so why right. they sort of yes. they, they had like a, camp, a PR campaign. And they were like, let's call these what they are. Uh, so it's anything, you know, dealing with difficult people, personality indicator, um, the Myers-Briggs personality uh, type indicator, uh, interviewing skills, resume writing. Back in the day, it was, you know, all of those things. Now I do lots of public speaking training and presentation skills, kind of mixing those into sort of combining all of the years of TV and what I learned there. And then all of the years of with them having done that and the curriculum that kind of comes from all of the above and fitting it together. So when I sort of got to where I was really feeling like this TV schedule, as great as it's been, my priorities now are freedom in my mm-hmm. own schedule, to be in charge of what I'm doing, and to be able to and to do the stuff that I was wanting to do for so long that I just couldn't because you can't have two full time jobs and a family and you know all the other and, and a podcast and a book and all the Mm-mm. so I just kind of said now's the time. By the way, the news cycle of 2020 didn't help. I could see that. Yes, you know it was a yeah. pretty heavy year, and I was just kind of I kind of got to where I was like, I don't know if the stuff I'm talking about on television is helping people and informing them and helping to bring our world together more, or just causing divisiveness. And ma- and I just sort of it was just a, it, all of those things combined. I kind of went, you know what? Maybe I'll try to do something that I know I'm really good at, and I feel like I can more directly help people with. I always ask uh, retired players this, um, and I'll say, you know. Because especially they do it at, at such a young age, like right. you, right? Where your career is ending, and then you like get to me. go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. You. When you think about the the term retirement for players, um, you know they've spent their whole life doing this one thing. Yeah. So I always ask this question: What was the first day like that you woke up? Not at one fifty seven. How did you feel? Oh, honestly. Wonderful at first, right? I, pr- I woke up and worked out first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. get that out of the way. That's always the, you know, thing hanging over my head. Mm-hmm. And for the first, getting the kids off to the bus and everybody, and then I come home and for five minutes it felt great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then for like 30 minutes of every hour and then on, I went, what am I doing? What's what's the first thing on my to-do list? What's the, how? why am I folding laundry when I should be putting together a proposal? Do I have a call? You know, it's amazing how much of the day you can spend spinning on what's the priority. Mm-hmm. I no longer had anyone telling me what to do and when to do it. I heard Dwayne Wade actually in an in a interview around that time, and this is the only way I would ever compare myself to a retired NBA player. I love it. Keep but going. But he talked about the same thing. He said, you know, when you play in the NBA, every morning it's this time shoot around, breakfast at this time, show up for the game here, put your TVs the same way. Hair and makeup's at three, get there, you got to read through your scripts by four, be on the set by 420, audio check, you know, and then you get off, you have the morning meeting, you have this, you're home, you nap, the kids, you got to get rinse and repeat day to day. I came home that first day, and by the way, still, like tomorrow I'll do this, and go, okay. What, do I need to work on my website first or do I need to get this proposal for the client that's waiting or do I need to download the video of the virtual keynote that I did yesterday to cut it up, to put it on the, like, someone tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. The football players feel like that all the time sure. a, as well because it is so regimented and you're used to it that there could be a little bit of this existential dread. Mm-hmm. I think people like me get it on off days sometimes. You're like, I should be doing something right now or I need to do 20 things. Where do I right. start? So how have in the last eight months you prioritized have you gotten into a rhythm with all of the different things that you are doing so I've actually found I'm a big list maker Uh and a to-do list person I love to check things off oh yeah but I have discovered that if I make a list I get so focused on that stupid list and it I I get dreadies of it I don't want to do it and I work so much better on spontaneous things Mm -hmm. for example if I'm wanting to post to 
I didn't post to LinkedIn until like last week. Okay, I never needed it before. Yeah, it's not a bit, now. It should be my main source of of business development, right? But I just it's not my world. I, I live on Instagram. Instagram is comfortable to me. Instagram stories, but I've known all along I should do. It was on my to do list. You know, put together your mm-hmm. LinkedIn profile and set that up. And finally, one day, I just started. I just picked up my phone and did it rather than go for the the plan. I just do better with the spontaneity of pick up pick up the phone and find something that's trending on Instagram right then and record it in a reel rather than pl- I have. Kristen, I have a page and a half of reels saved of audios that I like wrote out the title and what I could like. This could tie in with parenting. This could tie in with work. This could because I'm a great planner, but then I don't ever do the plan unless I just do it in the moment. I am the same way. It's it's kind of like you know if you put on your list, I gotta call, but this doctor's office or yes. whatever. If it's on my list, I will put it off. Versus just picking up the phone and calling. Exactly. Right? What is that? It's too easy to put it off if you have. You're like, okay, it's written. I'll down, get so to I that. And I'll I'll get to the more important stuff first, and then I'll get to this, and then yes. And you're tired of the list. You're tired of the list. And self-imposed deadlines don't feel like deadlines. Right? Yes. Like a, yeah. dead, a dead, live TV deadline is you're going on live TV. Yeah, we've got a hard out <laughs> yeah. to hit this it's commercial break. Now yes. And it's ending now. <laughs> Whereas if I say I need to get this thing done by blah, 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 I'm like, I know my, I, know I can do it tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that is great advice. I do feel like we are the same person. So again, using this to selfishly pick up all the tips <laughs> that I can. I think you should be, your tip should be what not to do in many cases with some of the things I've learned along the way. No, I'm, I always take little notes. I always joke with the, with our guests and so I'm writing all of this stuff okay. down I'm like I like I like that I could use that <laughs> approach so now uh, a lot of the stuff that you do you work with your husband Jake who I know uh, we were just talking earlier we grew up in the same town he gave me one of my first jobs in sports at USA Baseball and now I get to work with him every game day which is just the best and now here's another thing that I'm going to ask you about working with your spouse Ooh. my husband and I have been together for a very long time we love each other we know that like a long a long road trip is not something that we would both enjoy. And I don't know that we could work together. And that works for us, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Like we are better to do our own thing for a little while. So I admire people that can work together. Mm-hmm. What is that like? And how did you know that that was going to be something that you two could thrive on? Gosh. So I think it helps that we don't technically work full time together. Yeah. You know, he has his own big boy job. And I have my own big girl job, and we collaborate for projects that we think are fun, that Mm. are technically work. I mean, you know, people have them as careers. People are career authors or career podcast hosts. For us, they are side fun projects. But it's funny you say that because when I transitioned to my own career, Mm -hmm. running my own show and doing doing my own thing – He's very good at all the businessy sides of things that I suck at. He's great with like Excel and he built my website and he helped me with, you know, all of the Canva stuff that I don't know. I, I had never done a PowerPoint. I mean, mm. I didn't, that was not my world. And right he's really good at it and can do it quickly. And so I asked him for a lot of help. And at one point I asked him to proofread something before I sent it to a client. And he got snippy with me and understandably was annoyed because he was like, I'm doing a lot of the work. <laughs> <laughs> and I turned to him and I go, but Jake, we're business partners. And he goes, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> we, let me be perfectly clear here. You have your own business. I will help you with stuff when I can, but this is your business. I am not your business partner. He goes, we're life partners, but there's a difference. And I said, of course, at the time, I was very probably heated about it, and I didn't take it as well as I'm portraying it. Like I, took, I said, whatever you say, dear. No, I said, you know, Of course, honey. I yeah, totally course, understand course, your honey. point. What, would you like a cocktail yes. while you feed <laughs> yes. me this information? But it was really actually a good boundary for him to set early on, and it helped us over the course of a couple of weeks and probably even sure. months set 
those because he's like, I don't mind helping you, but you can't come to me and say, oh, my God, this is due tomorrow. Can you fix it? I have to put together this PowerPoint for a speech I'm giving tomorrow. Like, I don't have time to do that. And I can't. That's not fair to me. But if you want me to help you with something, tell me what you, tell me exactly what you need. Basically, give me an assignment and I'll work on it like in the evenings when you go to bed. Mm. I still go to bed before he does. And he doesn't mind doing that. But I needed to know I can't just treat him like my assistant sure. who's at my beck and call to help with stuff. Now, with things like the podcast, he and I co-host a, a podcast called Date Night with Jake and Paige, which actually came about because of interviews I had done with Panthers. Really? Yeah. I didn't I was, know that was yeah, the origin. No, I know. I, there's no way really that you would have. So when I was still in TV, um, I started doing, the first one was with Thomas Davis, Thomas and Kelly. Love, love Thomas Adore, right? Their and whole Kelly, yes. just spectacular. So Kelly used to come on as a parenting expert on Good Day Charlotte on the so morning cool. show. And she was always just spectacular. Thomas came on with her one, or not with her one time, and he, you know, gave us an interview of very typical athletes. They give the sound bites that they're used to giving, you know, and he was like very lovely, but, you know, you get the sound bites. The next time she came, and he was like flirting with her and laughing. And I, you see a whole different side of somebody when their person's there, right? So all of that to say, I, I'll make this quicker, but we, it started Please a, don't make it quicker. Well, okay. I want to hear all the details. <laughs> it started a series called Couples Therapy mm-hmm. where I would go to their houses and do do interviews with Love the couples that. because it was just so much more. Greg Olson actually gave me that name because he turned to Kara during our the, the interview with them, which I think was maybe after Thomas or maybe after somebody else. And he goes, God, I feel like we're in couples therapy right now. And I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to name this series. I Thank love you. that. Yeah. So then that transitioned to Jake and I turning it into a podcast called Date Night where the two of us sit down with another couple and it's just kind of a get to know you. I love and I've, I've seen the clips and it does look like you guys are out on a double date. And that's it's the best part, right, of just talking to another couple, having fun, telling mm-hmm. stories. That's so cool. I, I love that. And then you guys were to book together. Uh-huh. Tell we- me. I I don't want to. You got to. The name. The title is it's all so good. Please tell everybody about it. So the title of the book is Holy Crap, We're Pregnant. And we joke because we we published it 10 years after our last child was born. As a new mom, I completely understand. I completely understand. Well, we kept we started writing it. So it started off as a blog at my old station. We all everyone had to do a blog. So I and I was pregnant at the time. And when you're pregnant or planning your wedding, you think that that's I mean, that's your world, right? That's you think everyone else like needs to learn what you're learning or experience what you're learning. So you're writing about it. And he jumped on and did a guest blog for me one time as like the dad perspective from the pregnancy. And I got so many comments from people, you guys should write a book. You should, we love Jake's part two. And, da, da, da. and we thought, there are so many books out there. He was sent all these books from the dad's perspective. And I was have, had all these books from the mom's perspective. But there weren't any couple books mm. that you could read together and kind of share mm-hmm. that together. It felt like a very separate experience. So we started, basically what we did is we broke down pregnancy into chapters, all the, the trimesters and the different parts of pregnancy. And I would write my perspective and he would write his, but we would not. And then we would react to each other's, but we weren't allowed to read the <gasps> other person's before we oh, wrote our I own. I love this. So it was so fun because the things that would come up for one or the, we would remember things differently. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, we would, I mean, and we, we would focus on different things. Sometimes it was the same, but sometimes, and it just was such a spotlight on like the difference between the experience for the dad and the experience for the mom. I have not uh, read a book. I've, I'm a big reader. I've not read a book since I think before, pre- finished a book since b- before yeah. <laughs> I gave birth. But as soon as I have the time, and hopefully if we have a second, I'm I'm getting that. I well, love that. Well, it's on that. audio too. So you can, you can, I'm a lazy oh, reader. I listen yes. to almost everything on audiobook. Okay. I'm reading this immediately because I imagine there's something when, when you recognize something, especially as uh, going through pregnancy or, or new parenting and you can just laugh. 
Yes. You know, and you go, oh my gosh, you guys do that too? Or that's how this is? I love and that. That's, oh, I love that you said that because that's exactly my point. And that's what I meant when I said Jake has is good to do parenting with. And it's good because so many things happen that you realize we could choose to laugh about this if we wanted to. You know, <laughs> we could have a breakdown about this or we could laugh. Yeah. Like, which cho- you, you kind of do get to choose. And if you train yourself to go, let's find the humor in it instead. I, I've, I've been guilty of that, you know, with your pregnant and your hormones are going all over the place. I remember one time, <laughs> he said, now, and now why are you crying? And I went, I don't know. And then we both just burst out at laughing. I mean, you know, it's just yes. amazing. Just when you go, this is so silly. What are we doing? What am I doing? I have no idea. Yes. You know, and it's so fun to find the humor and things. And that's why I said, I just, I love you guys' Instagram pages. It's just like a shot of serotonin. Oh, and I, I, I mean, I really mean that. I'm like, first of all, I cannot dance like you. I'm like, how does she do that? <laughs> it. I, I wish I, I say, could. I will say that's fun. Um, when the kid, now that the kids are old enough to yeah. like be part of things with that are actually fun to do, yes. like Instagram dances, our kids don't have social media themselves. So they're still more than tickled to be, to do stuff with us. Yeah. And they do let, and one of our, our oldest kid, I'm like, Oh, you got some moves. Yeah. Maybe, right? Yeah. Ford, have you seen that? Like, I don't know if the one, you've seen the, the most recent ones. one. Did, did you, was that with four? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head Ford's that you guys oldest. did. Um, You and him. Yes. A most recent one. Yes. What is that dance called? Because oh, I gosh. like it. You have the moves. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I can, I'm barely, he doesn't think so. I mean, of course he's like, oh, <laughs> mom, you're like, mom, I can do this better. I know. Come on. But it's fun to, to do those kinds of things with your kids that when they're old enough to actually enjoy their company and you're not just like keeping them alive, mm-hmm. you know? Well, how, yeah, you, you, right. you got a while to go. <laughs> I got a while to go. <laughs> you got a while to Although, go. Although, I mean, as we were just saying before we started rolling it, I mean, it passes like that, so it's good to start thinking about it. If you don't mind, can I ask you about, you were saying your kids don't have social media. Mm-hmm. Do you and Jake have those talks, and do you have a set, is it a, they get to this age, then we can, are we taking it day by day? Because, again, that's another thing that I know that we'll have to talk about at some point. So I, just to preface this with, sort of the, the part of this that I know would be triggering to me if I were listening to this, and I totally get it. I come from a place of judgmental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I hear other parents do stuff that I'm not doing, and of course I'm like, ugh, how could they? <laughs> and then I do it myself, and I go, yeah, it's totally normal. Yeah, should, yeah, of course. Isn't that all? I think that's all parents, know, right? Yeah, so. I would maybe never, so. and, yeah, then and then in then the moment, you're like, and you're like, of course, of course yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Stickers for dinner, of yes. course. Um, so Jake and I have been very anti-phone, very anti-blah, blah, blah, all, you know, because of all the, because how can you work in news and not think that you your kid should not live in a bubble, mm-hmm. right, for all intents and purposes? So they have, our oldest is 13, they're 13, 12, and 9. We have kept them, we didn't give them phones forever. Again, yes, because we didn't want them to have them, but also I just know myself enough. I am too lazy to keep track of someone else's stuff in addition to my own. You, you know? have too much going on. Too much. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't want to deal with all that. So, but they came to us, actually, our boys came to us and they said, they're in middle school now. And they said, we want to talk to you guys about the phone thing because all of our friends leave school and they're, that's how they communicate with each other. They're talking They're that they, everyone has this basically like a social life that we just aren't able to be a part mm-hmm. of. Can we reconsider the phone thing? And rather than just we try not to say no right away, we say, like, we always give them assignments to put together, like, proposals to present to hey, us. Hey, they could do your PowerPoints going forward, it Tell sounds like. Yes. Tell a girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, so part of me wants them to be on social media so they can teach me how to, like, do TikTok. Right, right, right. But so they put together this whole thing, making oh. their case of here's what here's what the rules could be, here's why it's important to us. And Jake and I talked to them, and we were like, you know, they, they make an interesting point because I don't know about you, but 
in middle school and yeah. high school, I spent my life on the phone with my friends mm-hmm. after, you know, and they don't think about it. We don't have landlines anymore. Yeah. So we literally cut them off from contact with their friends when they leave school from that moment forward. So we said, fair point. Like, let's let's see what we can kind of start this ease in. So we what we have done is we have old phones that are basically like iPads because they don't have um cellular mm-hmm. they're not they can't make phone calls they can't te- they can't mm-hmm. actually text they can't what have you but they can text their friends and they can watch youtube on there and we just set up there's this thing called bark okay and it, truly any parent listening it has been a savior because it does the stuff that you don't have time to, i mean who has time to scroll through a 13 year old's group chat yeah, text, yeah. right i mean d- girl i, mean, I can barely get back to my own group I chats know, yeah i know so it will give you alerts if there's a word that comes up or mm-hmm. a, a website that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it helps to do some of that homeworky kind of part of things. But I it was an interest, It was a parenting learning lesson for us in listening to our kids and going, hmm, maybe we shouldn't be as drawing a line on this as maybe they, they make a good point. I think it helped. It made them feel, because then we can also say to them, you guys convinced us. Like, good job. You, you used your brains and now you have it. And by the way, also, now we have the best thing ever to take away. <laughs> yes. To get them to do stuff. Well, and it sounds like they got to propose what boundaries they thought could be in place. And I imagine that helps with the buy-in. Well, hey, yes. you guys said that this is what the rules would be. So I always ask them first. Kelly Davis yes. actually gave me that tip when she was coming on. Thank you, Kelly. Time, Thank right? you, Paige. I'm like, like writing this down. With, with sex talk, too. Mm-hmm. And just in general, she said, always ask the kid first, what do they know? What do mm-hmm. they already know? What do you think that is? And then, and then kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. Same thing with the ones. Well, what do you think would be fair for you? To, to how long do you think you should be allowed to be on your phone in the summer? And they say, you know, because then they're going to be pretty conservative because they know, yes. they, you know. They're like, what's going to get this over the hump here? Yeah, like, how do go, we, yeah. You said two hours. So, like, you, you hit your thing. Now do the other. That was your good job. We agree. I Rather than that. you saying it. And then they're going to go like, oh, only two hours? Yeah, that's not even fair, Mom. Yeah. I'm just picturing my son saying this stuff to me no, in a few it. years. Girl, yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. That's like a light bulb went off. Right? Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you, Paige, for sharing that with all <laughs> of Kelly us. Kelly gets all the credit for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell me about the uh, the training, as you said, the power skills. Mm-hmm. And you said that you were a third generation, mm-hmm. which I love, and you always knew that this was something that you wanted to do. Why has it always been the thing for you, and what speaks to you about it? Because of the direct communication with a human being who leaves a day having come out of a workshop or a class or a talk saying oh my god you just changed my life a part of my life I, f- I feel like I'm getting this right now too with when all someone, the advice that you're giving said, me yes, yes no, I no know. I'm saying from you right no, now I'm like okay. I'm taking all of this oh, you're yeah. changing my life well and I can I can appreciate that because I myself have experienced it like you said the reason that I knew I wanted to do this is because as I was sitting through these classes from the age of 12 on I was going oh that's helpful to know about goal setting. Oh, that's helpful to know in an interview, that's what you should do. You know, and I was thinking, shouldn't this be an offering in high schools? I mean, I've thought about putting a, a curriculum together to offer in, in schools in, too. Instead of calculus. Like a, yeah, know, right? Exactly. <laughs> like a life skills, adulting conversation kind of thing. I mean, I'm amazed by how many people have never taken a public speaking class in yeah. their life or t- took one and they're a litigator or, you know, there's mm-hmm. that's, that's just one example of the public speaking part. But That's what I mean by it is there's no better feeling than having a really aha moment with people, you know, seeing something happen for them where you go, oh, my gosh, this is going to help you in your professional life and in your personal life, too. And the topics that I lean toward that I love the most, I just did a thing the other day um, with the Myers-Briggs I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are familiar with the Enneagram and the disc and things. Now, Myers-Briggs is kind of one of the OG ones, and I'm certified to teach it, so that's the one that I do a lot. And people have so many aha moments when you talk about communication at work. 
having to do with that. And even more so, though, they come up to me and they'll go, this just yesterday, I literally did it, it was a virtual keynote, but somebody put in the chat, she goes, I think this is going to help me with talking to my team, but really this helps explain my husband so much more to me. And I now understand why he does, makes decisions the way he does. Mm-hmm. You know, and to be able to kind of do that with people is just, uh, how do you not want to do it? Yeah, you, you, like you said, you are sending them out into the world with something that they'll hopefully remember for the rest of their lives. And because I, I do think... We are in this industry because we are are good at the the talking and the listening and communicating. But there is this whole kind of um, unwritten rules, right? Mm -hmm. Secret language. And, you know, you meet someone and you go, oh, their email is not at all how I would have. They don't portray themselves in an email the way that um, they are when you meet them in person. Or you and I working in Broadcasting, you want your your reel. If anyone doesn't know what that is, you um, especially when you're first starting out, you put your clips together of different stuff you've done, and it has to represent you. And so there are all these things that represent the person you are in a professional setting, and you want to put your best foot forward. But then some, we're just never taught those things, mm-hmm. right? And and some of us, you know, through our jobs, I, I've, I've become a not only a better talker but a far better listener because mm-hmm. of what I do. And you're right, just someone could be incredible at what they do, but they don't always have the best way to communicate it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what you're helping people with. And that's my favorite part of the public speaking workshops mm-hmm. is that people, so the way I run them, and those came about, I thought I would do them for companies who would bring me in and their team mm-hmm. comes to it and they say, you know, you have to go. And people always never want to. And then they go, oh, this was so and much they better. they always learn something right, from it. Great. Yes. But I had a lot of individuals come to me too and say, this is really something I'd like to work on, but my company doesn't offer it or... So I, in one of those times, kept thinking, how's this going to happen? How's this going to happen? A Friday afternoon, I just said, forget it. I'm not going to put a plan together. I'm just going to go to Instagram Live and say, or Instagram Stories and say, hey, I'll put on one of these workshops. I'll find the place. If you are an individual who wants to come and invest in yourself this way, hit me up, and we'll, and we'll put it together. And I had and I said, I'm going to cap the class at 10. I had 10 people sign up right away. Wow. Um, we had it at a place. You know, I've done, I don't know, eight to 10 of them since then. And they are wonderful because the way the way that we do it is they have plenty of opportunity to get up in front of each other. Everything from introducing themselves to what's their why to uh, why they're doing what they're doing to practicing memorization techniques for a presentation they're going to give at work or a toast they're mm-hmm. going to give at a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a lot of people sign up for personal reasons that yeah. is not connected to work. And they then get to know each other throughout the class. And I've had so many students tell me or reach out to each other for whatever industry they were in together at the class and end up working together. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? I know. It makes it gives me goosebumps to say because it just makes me so happy. I'm like, oh, this I didn't even know this part was going to be part of it. And what an approachable way to conquer that fear, which is a fear that a lot of people have yes. of public speaking. And I imagine the hardest part is signing up. And so maybe if you had sat down and, and you know done the list thing and put it out on your website or whatnot, but the fact that you just went on there – who knows if those same 10 people would have signed up immediately if they had to log on and search for classes. They just see it, right? Yeah. Oh, Paige is doing this. This is going to be great. And yeah. that could be the key to it all is is just you're taking the fear away of actually doing the, the signing up part of it. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah it kind of helps to take that intimidation factor away. I love that. Well, Paige, okay, I, I'm going to be honest. I could talk to you for like three more hours. Same. But I know that your time is so <laughs> valuable. Um, 
so I, I'm, I'm just going to end it right here. And I hope that we can do this again because oh, I, no. I have a thousand more questions to ask you, but I know that you've got so much going on. Um, You'll have to come do my podcast next, but your husband has to come too. That's oh my gosh. Yes. That? Yes. He would, <laughs> he would love that for sure. For Perfect. sure. As long as it's not, as I said, on a long road trip. <laughs> That's the no. only one. Well, yeah. I don't know. Is, do you consider Marvin a long road trip? We're, we're past Valentine. It might be. But we. But listen, we're we serve margaritas and we're in the bonus room. So oh, my gosh. No, fun. that sounds incredible. Thank you so much oh, for being so you. free with your time and your advice and your stories. Thank you for having me.